0: Welcome to Woo Woo School, the podcast dedicated to following our curiosities and being a student to all things spiritual, vibey, and the occasional male repellent tip. We're your party hosts, Kendall and
1: Angela. So as we dive in, we hope you feel like you're right beside us on the couch, joining the whole conversation. Without further ado, let's get woo woo.
0: Hi, everybody. We're back. Welcome back. I'm super excited you're here for another episode. Today, we drew out of the jar relationship to food. When it's, you know, something that both of us are kind of working through in our own unique paths. And so anyway, we were like, how fitting for this to be drawn right now, because we're already kind of sorting through that. And I'm excited to talk about it. So
1: me too. This stuff goes real deep. I think especially for women, I think mastering a relationship with food is a lot of people's end goal and that looks different for every person. But mine personally would be to be in in tune with intuitive eating, which I know is like kind of a buzzword, but really what it means to me is just not having this like toxic relationship with food where I'm dealing with like bad foods, good foods, Food around Mm -hmm. like shame, shame around food, secret eating. Like mine tends to be more in the binge disorder category that I'm working Mm -hmm. on, but I know there's just a wide spectrum of disordered eating, and I use that term, you know, really to capture any type of relationship with food that you would consider unhealthy for yourself. And
0: I know that looks right, yeah, but yeah, for me, like when I was kind of thinking about my relationship with food, I was kind of like getting into, I was writing a few things down of kind of like my history with eating patterns and kind of my, my mindset behind different things and whatever. But it was interesting because something that I wrote that I like realized tied this all together was essentially it's always been about control, whether I feel like I have it or the food has it. Yes, definitely can relate. And I feel like it's this like teeter-totter back and forth of like who has the control. So I feel out of control or I feel in control and both can be equally unhealthy. Gosh,
1: ain't that the truth. You know what I mean? Yes, because in moments of my life or phases of my life, I should say that I have been thinner or like considered like skinnier or whatever you want to say, I've actually probably had a more unhealthy obsession with food and mm-hmm. my control over it. And I weigh small, I've like yo-yoed the same 30 pounds for 15 years and mm-hmm. times where I've been smaller and I've been, you know, really consistent with eating healthier and all of that. It's all I could talk
0: about. And I don't yeah. like that. I think, you know, with my you know, throughout time, like I do think that me starting to care about my health and starting to really be intentional about that has always been a time where, um, I start losing weight because, um, you know, I'm in a healthy mindset and everything like that. But I do realize that sometimes I can tip over into obsession where I think some of my lowest points are when I am my skinniest, like when I'm my smallest, and the times that I've been my smallest is like never when people are like championing you more oh
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that that's one of the biggest notes that I wrote about when I was thinking about today is that as a culture we have to be careful when we're praising women when they've lost weight because it could be that they're dealing with a lot of like negative emotions depression and I mean Mm -hmm. there's this joke about divorce diet where women can sometimes lose a lot of weight after they've gone through a divorce and people are like oh my gosh you look amazing but really it's at the cost of their mental health. They're so they've never been more stressed.
0: I remember growing up and I didn't really understand food. I was given restrictions in a very, yeah, I'm just going to say a 90s way where it's like, okay, here are packaged pretzels and non-fat yogurt mm-hmm. and low calorie microwaved items. And, yeah, and they like, were fat, fearful. Fast.
1: Yes. Slim fast. And they were fat, fearful.
0: Yes. And so I didn't really understand like, you know, I wasn't allowed to have certain foods, but I didn't understand why I was allowed to have like, that's something that I really want to do for my kids. And I do not say this as like a knock to my mother, because I know that My mom, as well as your mom, like we're trying to make sure that we were like healthy and that's the only way they knew how, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we weren't alone. Like every other parent was also doing something similar. Absolutely. It was just the fad at the time. And so I do not say that to like shame her at all whatsoever, but that's something that I do want to instill in my kids is this understanding of like, like I want them to see food and understand what it's doing to them. Like a cause and effect. Like I want to be like, oh my gosh, we eat this because it's going to make your brain so strong. Yes. Or like, we're going to eat this because you're going to be able to run so fast if this is what you eat, you know, like versus Doritos. So I don't want to be like shaming like, hey, you can't eat this because you're going to get fat. It's like understanding what food does for you. And but I just didn't understand that. So I honestly, from a kid would go like we were not allowed to have anything bad at the house unless it was a holiday and so like every year on Easter was like a freaking smorgasbord like I truly would eat so much candy that I would throw up like I would get sick because I had so much because we weren't allowed to have candy and so I would go freaking ham when I actually had it like it was so disgusting or I would go to someone else's house like I remember this as a kid this was like, so this was before I knew if I was like, it. Like this wasn't a body image thing. This was just like, oh, you're not allowed to have things kind of things. Because mm-hmm. I remember at like 10, maybe I would spend the night at someone's house. And I literally, if they had fruit roll-ups or something, I would sneak out of bed in the middle of the night and eat like an entire box of fruit roll-ups and go back to bed. Wait,
1: me too. <laughs> <laughs> So, so similar. I think the icing started with the idea that I was really good friends with this this girl that was like had a French family and they had a lot of Nutella and like charcuterie. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I was obsessed with the idea of Nutella. I thought it was such like an exotic food, but it's really oh, just like chocolate sure. hazelnut spread. Yeah. And so I'd be like, Mom, why can't you buy us Nutella? Like I have at my friend's house. And just I became obsessed. Like I would sneak out of my own friend's bed to go downstairs yes. to eat yes. the treats.
0: One hundred percent, and so I think that that was the idea for me in the beginning of kind of like I just understood that we couldn't have it at the house, but I wanted it, and I didn't understand why I couldn't have it other than my mom being like, "You can't have it." And yes. so I think that that was the hard part because there was no education, right? Like there was no, "This is why we don't eat this," or "This is why you should eat this." It was just like, "Eat your freaking no fat yogurt and like be a good girl," you know, yes. and. So I think for me, like what I call like the age of awareness, it was like 12 for me where I actually started uh, having thoughts about like what my body looked like, good or bad. Me so too. that was like the first time like at 12. And I think that's too, like kind of the time you hit puberty. So like your body starts changing anyway. So you're mm-hmm. just like, wait, all of a sudden I have like boobs. So like all of a sudden I have hips or so like, you know, there's, you whether or not you want to be aware of your body, like you have to be because it's changing so quickly. And so I think that that was starting to be the time where I was like, oh, and it's about the same time that I think every, every girl is kind of self-conscious about their body changing. And so mm-hmm. it turns to shaming other people. Yes. You know, because
1: yeah. Having a confusing relationship with your own body anyways, during that time. And then every parent had a different degree of like openness about the puberty talk and what that looks totally. like. Family was different. I mean, I know I was scarred as hell from my Catholic school, which again, not knocking, definitely not knocking. I turned out. Okay. I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a decent sense of morals and have great friends from that school I went to. So you know, I know my, my family was doing what was best, but you know, in, as far as like sex and body education, there was definitely, it was non-existent. I mean, we, yeah. it was basically a packet that got sent home to your parents and then at their discretion, they read it to you. And my mom has this like funny story about how she was like really gearing up to talk to me about, you know, the body changing and then like it kind of into the sex talk, but not really like, it's just t- kind of started talking about like anatomy and all of that when we were at the age to start kind of understanding it. And she was like gearing up to tell me about it and was like super. And then she was reading me this fricking packet. And it was so scientific and biological and dry that I fell asleep. She was like gearing up for like a scary, like nerve wracking kind of conversation about confronting some of this stuff. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm out. This is the way the was essentially putting you in
0: science class. And you're like, yes.
1: And it was because of this packet we got. And I mean, we laugh about it now, but just the relationship with my body and stuff. And there was no information that was really resonating with me back then. So all mm-hmm. I had to rely on was just however my mom was acting or the people around me were acting. Yes.
0: Frickin- so, yeah, so I remember that. Music videos. Yes. And I also being remember being confused. Like I would watch like to me and I'm still this way. Like I can understand now that but- my go-to is I watch cause and effect. Okay. Like I'm very like scientific in how I observe things. So I think, Oh, I'm watching this, how this person eats. Like I remember being around 12 and being like, okay, my friend is eating Cheetos for lunch every day. And it's so skinny. Like, why am I not? And I like, do like, you know what I mean? Being like, yeah. that's the age where it doesn't, you know, things start not mattering as much like some people can't eat cookies every day and mm-hmm. be a stick and then other people it's like you can eat kale all day and not be you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I think that that was very confusing for me and a confusing time but I want to know for you like the first time and kind of that you realized there was like some cause and effect with food like for losing weight where you're like okay so I guess
1: I mean I got my mom started telling me, you know, careful what you eat right around 13 or 14. She's like, yeah, it's not going to be, you know, you're, it's not, you're not always going to be able to eat what you want. And I think that was mm-hmm. her, like, unf- you know, not to her, not her fault, but I think it was, she was trying to tell me to have a better relationship with food but she didn't have the tools to to tell it in a way that would like stick with me and not be like a foreboding omen you know like right be or like fear-mongering yes. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah like
1: tube yes. and fat is awaiting you like it's it coming, was like, it's coming. <laughs> yeah it was definitely that way like i just and i blew her off and I mean, we can circle back to this because I just saw that we both follow this uh, account kids eat in color, which I think is such a healthy, it's like, so cute. It's so cute. It, it's basically for those that don't follow. She's a nutritionist that teaches kids how to teaches you how to get your kids to eat, you know, more colorful. And, and,
0: and I like one of and her it's really fun. Like she makes like activities of it, like all kinds of things and like ways that you can talk to your kids about nutrition in a way that makes it feel like
1: fun for them. You know, yes. it's really cute. And she's definitely very aware of like shame triggers and all of that. And I, one of my favorite posts she has is like, if your kid is underweight and then on the left side, she has all these different things. And on, if your kid is overweight and the the messaging is the same, it's like, don't talk about shame foods. Don't talk about bad Mm -hmm. foods. Like it doesn't matter if your kid is underweight or overweight, like the messaging should be the same about how, you know, to kind of reframe your relationship with food. And I'm, I'm sure it's like healed a lot of parents while they, you know, while they're teaching their kids. But anyways, I guess, so my mom was telling me, you know, like, it's coming, like, don't always eat this way. Like, <laughs> Totally. <laughs> kind of yeah. warning me yeah. that like, I need to shape up my eating. because I was just eating, I kind of came from a like, I was eating whatever, because it wasn't affecting me. Like I was eating candies, I was eating junk food. And my mom wasn't really policing it, especially when I got to, like, when I'd go to other kids houses, I'd eat whatever there. We definitely didn't have candy and desserts like a plenty, but I'm one of four kids. And my mom kind of just... I don't know. She loosened the reins up a little bit. And so we did have sweets some, you know, yeah. Sometimes. But I guess it was when I started. So for me, it was it's very about my my physical body changed. I'm a very curvy girl. I got really big boobs and really big hips. And I got them truly overnight. Like I went from mm a twig when I was 14 to sophomore year of high school, I got my boobs and and my hips overnight. I mean, I just went from, and it was such a huge change. It was like, I was barely an A cup. And then I went to straight double D's. Like There was Mm -hmm. no in between at all. It was like all of a sudden. And so I got stretch marks because it just, I wasn't overweight. I just got my Yeah, really totally. Clean. And I remember I just already started having kind of a stigma about it or just,
0: oh, I, well, I felt- and that's the age where everyone has something to say about everything.
1: Right. And I mean, it was, I'm 15 and I had like a 16 year old like boyfriend and I just felt it was also this weird thing where I was proud to have like curves, but I was too young to like use it mm-hmm. appropriately. So I wasn't like owning my body in like a, like a really powerful way. I was just like, look at my cleavage. Like I was very totally, shy. I was super flashy and I didn't really realize the magnitude of what that would look like, like, because I didn't, I don't know. I, I so yeah. that I just had a confusing relationship. You got a shiny new body. car and you didn't know what yes. to do. Yeah. So I was strutting around town, not really like realizing anything besides I did have. So mine was more about my stretch marks, really, because mm-hmm. even though they weren't in a place, they weren't on my stomach. They were like on my hips and my thigh area, I guess. So crazy. Yeah. And then, I guess my, that was more body image than food. But I remember in high school, the vending machines and stuff and like trying to talk myself out of like, don't get it don't get a, you know, Snickers bar, like don't, mm-hmm. da, 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 And also our school was like set up for us to like have food issues. <laughs> Not to no, like that it but, was like, absolutely, it was a cookies. freaking circus. Do you remember like warm, they would have warm cookies and they would have like that company that would make like those warm, yes. cookies and they would just be in the upper gym lobby. Like you could get them at any
0: time and you could get warm cookies. They had smoothie King, um, <laughs> smoothie King delivered to your room, yeah, at, to your classroom. And everyone like thought that was healthy. Once again, I feel like in high school, it was like all these things that were like sold to us too. It was like, we were just so confused. Like Smoothie King, where essentially everyone would get ice cream shakes and think they're like going to lose angel food life. cake and be like, this yes. is healthy. Yeah. The other thing was, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in, when we were seniors, that it was like the fro-yo diet. Oh and so gosh. all the girls would only yes. eat fro-yo because that was like sold to us as like low calorie like you're gonna lose weight, and so girls were not eating anything but frozen mother effing yogurt, and, and thinking that this was healthy. Yes, yeah, but that was like sold to us as like that's gonna be healthy, and so people for prom yeah. would it's only
1: dark eat as frozen hell. yogurt. I totally forgot Sweet. about that. That was definitely yeah.
0: a thing. So I remember. For me. So 15 was when I kind of started like dating, I guess. And listen, I'm a girl who there is no better sport to me than falling in love. Okay. Like I love <laughs> me love. Like if it was not one boyfriend, it was another boyfriend. Like, you know, I loved it. And then I like in typical Enneagram four fashion, like still got off on like the heartbreak of it all too. And would like, listen to freaking, you know, whatever dashboard confessional and like cry in my car and like loved yes, it totally um, with you know I was, I just, yeah, I loved it. So anyway, at 15, I started dating and I was thin at that time, but I remember maybe I was just attracted to assholes. Like maybe that was my thing, but I would date guys who like constantly would say things about my appearance. Like, oh, and at 15 at 15 and I, and oh, it's geez. so crazy looking back at photos, but you're so impressionable. And when you're 15 too, you're just so Disgustingly concerned about what other people think, mm-hmm. um, and so I remember like having one of my first boyfriends. Like we went out to eat, like this was one of our first dates or whatever, and they had bread before. It was like freaking like Olive Garden or like Spaghetti Warehouse or something, and they had bread. And I remember eating them, and the guy being like, "Are you really gonna like have more bread before we start eating?" Mm-hmm and i was like what i was so but that like moment stuck with me because i was Oof. like oh how could it whoa. Not? yeah whoa right and so and then i remember like another boyfriend i went to chick-fil-a like we could go off campus for lunch and i remember going to chick-fil-a so uh, during this whole time i've always been an athlete too so i'm like active like you know whatever but we went to chick-fil-a and i got a meal like a chick-fil-a sandwich and fries and he, I finished my meal and he was like, I've just never seen a girl eat an entire Chick-fil-A meal.
1: Okay. That, and I was stuff like, can be done with ease.
0: Ease that, but either way, like, yeah, it, even if not like,
1: me, yeah. Oh, this
0: moments stuck with me and I was like, whoa, I need to have more control. Like obviously if he's like dated other girls and like, no, like, so it just made me all all of a sudden, like super self-conscious about like, wait, what am I doing versus these other girls versus whatever. Right. So I remember I had this guy friend of mine who, so I was diagnosed with ADD when I was younger, but my parents were like very against me getting on medication and which I like really respect my parents for doing that. But just being like, Hey, you know, let's figure out more natural ways of handling this because I'm like a high functioning ADD person. Like I I'm okay without medication, but that was something that they were like, you know, this would be good for her anyway. But at the time I had this guy friend who was ADD, but hated taking his medication. And so he gave me, I think it was Adderall. I want to say at the time. So this is when I was like, 16 or 17 years old and he was like oh i don't take it like you can take it and i took it and was like oh my gosh my world was rocked because all of a sudden i was like not hungry mhm and i had so much energy that i would have to run it out at night so like to be able to sleep at night i was running i'm like oh my gosh i would love for my mom to hear this and be like just so shocked and upset but yeah, so I would run. So I didn't understand. It was not for a weight loss thing whatsoever. I just liked the way that it made my brain feel because I could. I, I was so much more fluid in my thought process. And so I, yeah, but I, I couldn't go to sleep. And so I would run and, run and run and run and run and run to to get it out of my system to be able to sleep. And then all of a sudden, I'm like losing weight, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I think I realized I was like, oh, I can. To me health all of a sudden became like don't eat and work out a lot and like people will stop saying things about your body or at least negative things mm. or you know things like that and so it became this unhealthy thing so I didn't I didn't continue taking Adderall after that like I did I took it for maybe like a couple months during high school nothing like major but after that I just became very it, my disorder was like oh This is a good idea. I can be in control of what I eat. So I'm just not going to eat anything that is deemed bad, but me trying to learn what bad was. So then it was like, well, I don't know what bad is. So I just, am going to like essentially not eat.
1: Well, first off, thank you for sharing that. That hit deep. I mean, the, the high school boyfriends telling you that I felt that in my soul (laughs) that would really mess you up. Yeah, because and it's like, like I had hard. several boyfriends do that too, and so just the just repetition like, too of both yes. of them saying that is heartbreaking. And then I was just gonna say, I think we learned too early that caffeine was a good appet- appetite appetite suppressant, oh and like God. relied oh, on yes. it. Like, I mean, the Diet
0: Coke diet was real. <laughs> it was Oh, good. you know that was real for but- me. I was <laughs> drinking like ninety ounces of oucha a day,
1: and it's just it's so unfortunate that we were like, Oh, great. Like the higher, the caffeine, the less I'm hungry. So like, let's, and I mean, I'm still guilty of that. I am, I'm definitely big into a like huge coffee addict working on it. You know, I'm down to like, a, two cups a day, which is good for me. And, but yeah, I, I think I learned too early that I've had a, I dabbled with Adderall in college just cause you know, everyone was, I guess everyone did, yeah. and I, you know, not proud of it. But what my biggest takeaway was that it made me not hungry. And that's what I mm-hmm. like most about it, which, you know, people actually do need it. I did not. I just remember calling my mom, speaking of like just dark Adderall stories. I remember calling my mom the next day. And I don't, I know that there are people that clinically need it. Don't think I don't. I definitely understand that. I am not one of those people. And the reason is because when people that need medication like that, when they take it, it calms them down. It made me mm-hmm. like an Energizer bunny. I was just like, what's next? I can't like, even uh, imagine you on Adderall. Oh, I, I was like, beyond. You're
0: already like so hyper.
1: Yes, so it makes you focus on whatever you want to focus on. At least that was my experience. So I was just like making these crazy playlists, like emailing my grandma. Like I was just up to no good. So the next day, I call my mom and I'm like, "Mom, I really need a, a prescription to Adderall." This is in college. It's like I really need a prescription to Adderall because of this, this, and this, and this. And I, I mean, I just I was so euphoric and I, I got so much done. And she was like, "Well, baby, that's because you were on speed." <laughs> <I was> like- <laughs> Just like kind of hit me, like so. Yeah, my mom is a nurse, and I, she was just saying it very like clinically, like, "Oh yeah, because you took an upper, like that's why you felt like that. You don't actually." Need yeah. It. And so she said it in a sweet way, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I realized the reason that I wanted it was not because I think that I, you know, needed it for my health. It was because I sadly knew it didn't make me hungry, and it was like anything to make me not hungry would, like, was worth it to me.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think for me, like as I got older to, it's just, you know, I got into a healthier relationship with food, but purely because again, like, because I approach things with a cause and effect, I was watching these poor eating habits, like ruin people, like where it's, you know, I'd be on a girl's trip and it would be like someone literally like crying you know, because they ate a meal that like, wasn't on their like weight watchers or yeah. on their thing. And they would be like crying in the room after, cause they're just yeah. like, God, I'm going to like, I'm a monster. I'm going to go back to where I was. And it's just like, what, you know, know. like this
1: life or death way of looking at it or or all or nothing approach I should say is just so detrimental and I fall deep into it almost every time I mean I'm I'm always gonna be working on my relationship with food I don't think I'm ever gonna perfect it but my goal for myself would be able to and we can talk about this because I think you're really good about intuitive eating and also just understanding the foods that make your body feel good and Mm -hmm. if I could only hold on to the to that and remember that when I have like one of my binging episodes, I wish it was that easy, you know, to just be like, oh, of course. Totally. Like, you know, when I eat that way, it doesn't make me feel good. When I eat a cozy soup with lots of veggies, I feel great. Like I feel cozy. Mm-hmm. I feel, and interestingly, I don't know much about this. So I don't want to talk too much on it because I know I'm just talking on my butt. But have you heard of like the study of Ayurveda and the way of eating based on your element that you need? yes okay that's
0: something that's a a very recent thing I learned which I will like do you tell yours first because I will talk about my story because it makes me laugh okay yeah so
1: I looked at mine there's different ones you can be and I'm not going to sit here and butcher it I just know a very high level like look of it but basically you take this kind of quiz or you read about this you find out kind of what level of like I, I'm just going to sound stupid the way I'm talking about it. But essentially what I found out was that I had the body type and the mind type of the kind that is, has your head in the clouds. You move really fast. Like you have a lot of ideas that come to you really quickly. And you need food that are grounding. So it, it's, it's fitting for me because I'm an air sign and I am very mm-hmm. like that. I'm very like rapid, let's go. Like my my mind is always racing. So it said a way to counterbalance that is not to eat cold foods, which is funny mm-hmm. because I know what they mean when they say like cold foods are just going to make you like more that way. And right. that's how I feel like my relationship with cold brews that way. Like I have a cold brew knowing- <laughs> yes yeah. knowing yeah. she is no good for me cold brew she ain't good she ain't my sis she ain't and I drink her every morning and then I'm like and then I'm angry you know it's too much caffeine I'm irritable like it's just we're we we're not friends well we are because I, I greet her every morning but I'm working on it, but it's just funny because I know that that's right. So rooted vegetables, rooted foods, like grounding foods will bring me back to earth. <laughs> so anytime I eat a meal like that, like soup is the best example because I think it makes everyone feel cozy really, most people at mm-hmm. least. But yeah, when I have like a, a nice like warm quinoa bowl with like sweet potato, that's good for me. Like that, mm-hmm. that for me, that for me is like, that's the food that makes me feel good. And if only I could hold on to that, Yeah. I think
0: the idea of, I think too, like with intuitive eating, I mean, that's something I have not mastered by any means, but like I'm on a continual journey with, which I think is just the idea of intuitive eating. Right. But I think that so much of that is that we just don't trust ourselves anymore because of so many rules that have been like taught and broken and didn't live up to what we thought. And so anyway, it's just, Interesting because I remember, like, when I was like in between, like, different eating habits and blah blah. And I was just like, I feel like this is an addiction. I can't cut. Like, it's this addiction to food. Whether it's the addiction to control, whether it's the addiction to food, like, whatever. And I had a client once who, so during this time, I had a client who had gone through AA, and I wasn't like treating him while he was in AA, but that was just like in his past. And he said something that. that like really stuck with me as far as like with eating, but also with just stuff in your life, right? Is that he said that you will never, I wrote this down, but you will never give up your addictions until you are so tired of your own bullshit. So tired that it is more painful to stay in in your own life than to go through the pain of changing it. I have full body chills. And that was so powerful to me, because it was that and it was like other things in my life, because I feel like I struggle with emotional eating, but also emotional drinking. Mm -hmm. And so I've never had like a problem with drinking. But that is something that I reach for of like, I really am that like, man, I can tell how stressed I am, depending on how much I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. And and so that was something too that he was was like, you know, AA or like, you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever. It's just one manifestation, an escape, right? But he was like eating or social media or all these things are just other manifestations of like trying to ease this discomfort of like being alive, right? And then it becomes, it just becomes an addiction. And so he was like, until you are so tired of your own bullshit that like to live in your own life is more painful than actually figuring out how to change it, you won't. And I think that I came to a place with that, like with my relationship to food, where I was like, I have to figure out a system that will serve me for the rest of my life because I can't be doing this where like I don't want to go on a trip because I don't like the way that I look on my bathing suit or like i I am not going to go to this restaurant because I don't trust myself. I like don't want you know to be around this that or the other whatever it's like that is still life controlling me you know and I mean it's true right yeah and so I was like that's true I
1: mean in time in times where I've been like so hardcore on my diet I've gone to like bachelorette parties and brought my own food and didn't drink and it's fine not to drink it's not about that it's just I was so restrictive about like And I would go, I would get anxiety before we'd go to a, like a, you know, friend dinner where everybody's doing the dinner and I would have to decide and then nothing was on the menu that would fit. And so then I would have to like go to, I I mean, just that stuff is the charades. Yes. The charades and just the effort. I I just want it to be easy. I want my relationship with food to be fun and I want it to be easy. And I just don't want to like... Always have it on the forefront of my mind, like I know right. really what it is. I don't want to think about it all the time. I want it to just be innate that I'm choosing foods that are good
0: for me and that make me feel good, and then that's it. Like that's all she wrote. Like, I, yeah. And I say all of this because I don't want this to like come off like two girls who are like trying to stay skinny. It's yeah. like it's not that idea. It's that no matter what size you are, like you know, in being like Angela and I have been different sizes. Like this isn't you know anything oh, to totally. do with like a number or a whatever it's it's truly your relationship with food and and how you feel with it and feel within your own skin so i think that during that time a big thing for me was i was doing yoga a lot and I know this is crazy, but it wasn't until, so yoga in general really helps me get in touch with my intuition. I know that that's different for, you know, whatever that activity is for people. I just think that it's really important to have a practice that allows your intuition to come back because it's, it's a relationship of building trust again with yourself. And just like building trust again with someone that has like done you wrong, it takes a really long time for you to trust them again. And that's the same with ourselves. And and, and so yoga was a way of me having the space and the time to like come back to myself and start trusting myself again. But one of the things with that was like that I would go into yoga and I could literally feel, depending on what I'd eaten that day, it, like that was something where I started realizing even certain food um, intolerances I had because all of a sudden I was like, this is so uncomfortable to move my body if I've eaten this food. And it was so easy for me to ignore that, right? When I'm like not working out or not, whatever. But it was like, once I was in a space where I'm like, okay, intuitively I have to, I have to listen to my body. Like my body is talking. then I was like, I can't be having this and me feel good. And if I can't eat something and then be able to like move and feel okay, then that's not something that's serving me.
1: What are some of your favorite foods that make you feel good, like before and after yoga, or even without yoga, just like? Because actually, one of my favorite food memories is with you, at your house in Houston. We went to like a hot yoga outside, which, by the way, I can't hang. I I I love yoga, but I'm not. Okay, a hot it was yoga really hot. Yeah, I swear I'm allergic to the sun. I don't have to. I no one needs to hear my bullshit with the sun. But (laughs) yeah. So anyway, it was a really, really, really hot class. Really great class though. And then we came home and we had like hummus and like a little bit of a sandwich and like veggies. Mm -hmm. It was just so yummy, like feeling after a good workout.
0: It was the best. It was so, yeah. To me, like that is what the space that I personally, I know it's very different for everybody, but the space that I like to live in is like giving myself food that like moving And I'm not talking like working out, like used to, I used to punish myself with working out. I don't do that anymore. Like this is like, I move and I feel really good and I'm replenishing myself moving with food that feels freaking good. Like to me, I'm just so obsessed with feeling good that like, and I'm not saying I never like get off that kick or whatever, but yeah, like it was just starting for me. It's, it's preparing that relationship with myself to say, I don't have to follow any, any food rules. I really don't what I have to do is say, have a really honest conversation with myself and be like, okay, what does my skin say about this? Mm -hmm. Like, what does my energy say after this? Like, truly, like I should be able to eat food and then not want to take a nap. Yeah, that is true. That would be my motto. (laughs) Like, if I want to take a nap after this, it's not serving me. It's Like, it just isn't. And I'm not saying I never eat this food. Like, that's freaking great. But I'm just saying like, To me, to maintain a space where I feel good, I just listen to what food tells me after I eat it. And that could be me even eating like, quote unquote, like what people call bad foods. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, I feel great after this. This like gives me energy. This makes me feel good, like whatever. So it's like going away from the rules or like the numbers or the whatever and be like, I can promise you, like your, your skin will tell you, your hair will tell you, your energy will tell you your irritability will tell you Mm -hmm. like, you know, and so I think that that's kind of, you know, the beginning of intuition is like, yeah, just getting back to a place where you actually listen to yourself instead of telling your body what it, what it should eat, what it should do. It's like, allow your body to tell you what's actually going on.
1: You know? Definitely. I think that that's like the thesis statement of what I, I hope to achieve in the future. (laughs) I'm working on it, but that, that's true. I feel like you have a really good grasp on what that looks like. And just to listen to your body, it's not as easy as people think They're Like, Oh, just tune in. Like, no, especially Hell if you know, no. If you've been tuned out for years, it takes practice. So like meet yourself with grace. If you're starting, at least this is how, what I would want someone to tell me if I was starting, like meet yourself with grace. If you can't, you know, always know what your body's telling you, or you feel like you don't know, and you like feel confused. Mm on like what foods you know for me I I do know which foods make me feel like that lousy like nappy feeling but there's other subtleties that I haven't really grasped yet just because I haven't really been checking in and I know Hmm. in times when I'm most stressed I'm I'm least likely to check in with my body and that's I mean this could be a whole other podcast but you know people are more likely to get injuries when they are like stressed and stuff because you're just so out of your body totally living in your mind and I'm really guilty of that
0: yeah, um, and I think just the education too. Like I've really enjoyed the education of like, oh, if you actually eat this certain food, your cortisol levels go down. Where it's like, oh, so if we can take care of the root problem of like feeling stressed, we're not going to be stress eating. Simple as that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like no, I, I, I totally oh, if I, I eat same. in a way that brings it down, then I can actually get to the root of the issue. And that doesn't mean like eating freaking spinach leaves every day like it's really not it's just Mm -hmm. like it's actually being like okay and something like my friend who's a nutritionist told me and this is something that sticks with me and she was like worry about what is nutrient dense don't worry about how much you eat of it or what it is so she was like if it's nutrient dense your body will take care of it because she was like essentially if if it's nutrient dense like what are you going to do Overeat it and you know what I mean? Like I know. Like I've never
1: sat down with a bag of baby carrots and I'm like, I'm about to go ham and have three bags of these. Like exactly I have like a reasonable amount.
0: Right. Like you don't ever have to limit yourself with that. She was like, the only things you have to limit yourself on are like things that are truly, truly empty. Just eat. Freaking like be so obsessed with how many nutrients you can get in a day. And she was like, The weight will fall off by itself. You can literally stop thinking about it.
1: Yeah, that's where I want to get. I don't want to. I'm think like, about damn, so often.
0: that's crazy right like but that's true you know mm-hmm. so anyway all that to say I think that you know there's no even real conclusive thing with this I think I think that it's a really beautiful thing and I hope with like our stories and I definitely know this with hearing other people's stories especially like from where they came from or you know through um their young adolescence and it's just being more open about like, hey, here's where we came from and here's what we thought and here, here's like the narrative that was given to to each of us that we kind of play in our head and and giving ourselves the grace to like rewrite that story and also not believe that we are the victim of what we came from or what we have been taught because it really is like everyone is doing the best with the information they're given yes. and you can do better if you know better. And so I think that when you hear other people's stories, you can say like, Hey, like that was me. I get that. Like, and we can all laugh about that and give ourselves grace. And also like when we're struggling right now, like Angela and I both struggle off and on so often, this is not like either of us have conquered anything. I think it's just a Mm -hmm. way of being like, Hey, let's stay in this conversation so that we can help each other out. And like from each other's stories, find out where our own weak points are. And in this long journey of just health, like not saying skinny, not being a certain size, whatever, but just taking care of our home, you know, and taking care of like our mental health so that we're the freaking brightest, shiniest little things ever. and Like high vibes.
1: Yes. Well said, Kendall. Thank you for wrapping us up here with that progress, not perfection, everyone. You got it reach out to us anytime we're open ears we want to hear your stories even if they're dark like ours and stay listening see you next time goodbye Uh, goodbye we hope you had fun today thank you so much for listening we're manifesting that this becomes something so if you enjoyed this help a sister out give us a like or leave a review so we can connect to more people like you talk to us anytime easiest to reach us on our instagram Kindle is at kendall hannah h-a-n-n-a with no h at the end and i'm at angela underscore party p-a-r-t-y we love you and see you next week